0: Welcome back to the Homeschool Advantage Podcast. I'm your host, Bex Buzzy, And today's guest is Jack Repplinger, CEO and content creator of Positive Physics. Jack, during his second year of teaching, was watching his class struggle through their midterm exam. He says it's one of the lowest points of his teaching career, but it would turn out to be one of the most inspirational. When he saw the frustration in his students, they desperately wanted to be successful they just couldn't succeed at solving the problems it was right there that it bam it hit him ouch so he started over determined that any student who sat in his physics class would not only learn but love jack spent the last decade through many trials and errors, developing a curriculum he calls now positive physics after seeing how successful his students were he decided he needed to create a website so he then shared his story with a friend an incredibly talented developer anthony vizer who went on to become the company's cto and co-founder and within less than three months Jack's students took the role of quality assurance and were testing the first version of positivephysics.org. In this episode, we talk about how textbooks just cannot meet the expectations of a passionate teacher and desperate students who want to learn. Also, physics should be engaging and accessible to all students of all backgrounds and all cultures. Lastly, physics and chemistry, we all know it can be intimidating, but any student, can be successful with the right resources and guidance. Go grab your coffee and go grab your tea and a pen and paper because you're not going to want to miss what Jack has to say. Let's get into the podcast. Today we have Jack Replinger from positivephysics.org. Jack, say hello to our guests.
1: Hey, everyone, and uh, thanks for having me, Bex.
0: Absolutely. Jack, I love your website and I love the fact that you kind of partnered with me with my physics class. It's been super awesome. So thank you so much for that. But I want to talk more about you and what inspired you to create your website, Positive Physics. How did it start?
1: Yeah. So um, after college, I did Teach for America and I was teaching in a Title I school in Memphis. And honestly, like I really struggled out of the gate. So I was teaching students who didn't have a strong background in math and science and reading. And the textbook that I was using just was not meeting my students at their level. And so I started creating my own materials and eventually turned that into positive physics. And it just was a complete game changer in my classroom.
0: So how did you maneuver and kind of like get into this homeschool community? Because now you're not only in the public school, but you're also offering your services to a completely different community.
1: Yeah. So I think that actually like the same, the same issues that people run into in public school, like we see in the homeschool community as well. So as, as you know, as a physics teacher, like physics is a notoriously like intimidating subject and. You know, a lot of times there's math and there's words. They're all baked into these problems, these multi-step problems. That when I was practicing with my students, you know, might take 15 minutes, and I'd fill up the whole whiteboard trying to show them how to do one of these problems. But yeah, I just realized that if I could take those, take those questions, and then break them down into bite-sized pieces, and give students um, a chance to kind of practice each of those pieces individually and master each of those skills, that they really then have the tools that they needed to attack those more intimidating problems. And those problems didn't appear as, as intimidating to them anymore.
0: So true. Yesterday, I was trying to go over the formula for acceleration and teaching them velocity, final and initial, and all these different things, trying to help them understand the equations that I'm giving them. And I just remember I was telling them, I was like, guys, it's really not as hard as you're making it sound. I was like, all the information is literally right on here. So I know exactly what you mean. Physics tends to feel very intimidating. I personally think I teach all three sciences and I feel like physics to me is the easiest. I feel like it's easier than biology. I'm not going to lie to you. And people tend to put biology as this easy thing. I'm like, I don't think bio is easy. I think bio is super hard first off because it keeps changing. That's one. I can't keep up. So like one day I remember actually you're going to laugh. I was in my microbiology class in college. Microbiology. Yeah. Microbiology. And I just could not figure something out. Like this teacher kept trying to explain to me some type of theory, my brain. I was like, I don't get it. I'm I, you know, Miss Lee, Dr. Lee, I don't get it. And I kept failing the tests because I couldn't grasp the concept that she was trying to teach. And then halfway through, this is a true story, Jack. This is a true story. Halfway through the course, the biology community discredited the theory that she was trying to teach. And I looked at her and I was like, what are you going to do with my grade now? I was like, are you going to fail me? Because it seems that I was right. You know, it was really funny because for me, biology has just been the hardest. But for me, physics is easy because it's so concrete. It's math. You can see where distances. Well, I think the biggest thing is just having students understand the units. If you can understand the units of kilometers and between miles and like just meters, just being able to understand that and just understand what they're reading really helps them understand how to do the math which is what you were saying helping them understand to read which is really interesting because a lot of people are like it's not an English class I'm like well I mean isn't it kind of like we need to know English to be able to understand science so
1: yeah physics is definitely it's yeah it's it's almost like a different language and yeah so one thing that I found that I, I guess going back to my story of, of how this started is I was making, you know, I started making materials that were a lot more accessible to my students, no matter what, like the level that they were coming to me on. And, but kind of what really became the game changer in my class is when we turned it into a website. And so students could check their answers along the way. So if I had a student, like you were describing the the issue that you had in your Biology class, and maybe like what worries me sometimes is that a student, a really ambitious student, is you know doing a worksheet and they're practicing and they're working really hard, but they're actually like doing the same, making the same mistake over and over. And so one of the things I wanted to accomplish uh, in in my classroom with the website is making sure that students could check their work as they go. So if they are making a mistake, even if I'm not there to catch it for them, the website can catch it for them, and then we can get it figured out before it becomes an issue for them.
0: Yeah, before they start practicing wrong, right? Cause exactly. Practice doesn't always make perfect, practice makes permanent. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we want them to practice right. So walk me through like, a very basic lesson? Do you have like a format? Like what would it look like for a kid to hop on your website and boom, start working on the very beginnings? Yeah,
1: of- sure. Sure. I actually like to talk about like the forces unit that we have as a really good example. So a lot of times um, other resources start kind of like I say with these, these long problems, but we really want to break it down into little pieces. And so the, the website actually started as a really scaffolded question bank and we've gone back and we've added and instructional videos and notes that go along with it. So um, when a student hops on positive physics, they land on the dashboard where they can click on these buttons that say lessons and questions and they kind of work their way down. So every unit starts with uh, with an inquiry activity. I think that active learning is, is really important whether in homeschool or whether in public school. And yeah, students use a simulation or they're presented with data and we don't give any formulas at first we just want the exper- we want the student to play i think play is so important and then ask them questions to get them to try different things and see how changing a force ex- affects the acceleration or changing a mass um, affects the acceleration so then after that kind of we kind of lead them towards almost deriving the equations that they're going to use later in the unit and then where I really think what really changed my teaching was figuring out how to, again, break these long problems into bite sized pieces. So with our forces unit, the first lesson just has them practice uh, identifying. You know, we give them 20 different situations. You say, OK, in each of these cases, which direction does the weight act, a normal force and any tension? And then we introduce more forces and then they get really, really good at drawing those force diagrams, which as a physics teacher, you know, is the like foundation for. Like for so for so much of physics, it's just getting getting your forces right. Then after that, we give them like okay, now you know the forces. Let's give you those already drawn and just have. But now we're gonna put numbers on them and start figuring out what does net force mean, or if you're given the net force, how can you find a missing force? And once students really have mastered those two skills, then those problems that I was talking about, these traditional what I call complete problems, aren't uh, aren't so intimidating for them. And again, as students go through. They have, like, we made videos mostly to back up a teacher's teaching or for teachers who like to do the flipped classroom. And then we were really excited that we started getting d- discovered by by homeschool families. And they said, this is actually a great solution for, uh, for a high school physics course for them because they can use the videos as their teacher. And then they're getting the instant feedback as they practice the questions. And we also just, especially since I developed this out of a classroom with a lot of students who didn't have a ton of academic confidence, we really make sure that it's a it's a positive experience for them. If they get a question wrong, they can fix it. And there's there's no penalty for that. We track separately their completion score. That means however many tries it took to get it, if you get it right eventually, you get 100%. We also keep track of the accuracy score, but really like to frame that. It's just like, hey, that's just feedback. If your accuracy score was low, that just means you might have uh, need more practice. And we have a mode that allows uh, students to practice practice more as well.
0: I love that. Oh my gosh. You're like literally speaking my language. I'm like right at the beginning. Well, I just finished Newton's uh, first, second and third law of motion. Like I just like finished that. <laughs> so as you're talking like, Oh, I'm going on free body diagrams next. So this is, it's kind of exciting. So the language is right there. but And I also feel like we're aligned also in the fact that it's not about getting it right the first time. At the end of the day, do you understand what you're doing and that your mistakes aren't necessarily mistakes? They're just ways of not doing it. And you're kind of troubleshooting, which is what scientists do, right? We kind of continue over and over again till we get it right. And then we understand that preferably if we can talk to someone else about it right explain what we've done and how we got to the right answer it's really that that very last piece that really helps us uh, solidify what we've just finished learning that's really cool and how you've just brought all this together because you really have a dense website like it's a really really good website do you have any new things coming up
1: Oh yeah, we uh, we always do. So um, and actually one one thing I, I forgot to mention earlier and that that you were just touching on when you said talking about the being able to like discuss with somebody else. If we do have like in a classroom or if you do have like a homeschool situation where there are multiple students working on the same course, all of our questions have user randomized numbers so every student gets gets different numbers and that kind of discourages copying, but more importantly, it's really cool to see if multiple people are working on at once they can't share answers but they can't share strategies and so it's really cool to see how like that kind of random randomization it almost forces students to use the vocabulary and to learn how to explain things to each other as far as Love what's that. new yeah as far as what's new we built out a chemistry course and We are revamping that at the moment. And we're really excited that this, that positive physics has actually inspired some, some teachers who are using positive physics in their classrooms to build their own courses. And so we have a teacher who is a positive physics user that's now building out an engineering course for us. Another one's building out an environmental science course. And the plan is to actually create a way for anyone, anywhere, whether it's a teacher or a parent to create their own questions on our site, again, using the randomization and organize them into their own courses. Cause I really just believe that like the best resources out there, it doesn't come from the big textbook publishers. Like it comes from parents and it comes from teachers and so like lucky and excited about like what I've been able to do with positive physics. I've just built it out of my, I really intended this just to be a classroom website And now we have over 60,000 students a month, like using the site to learn from it. And so that's really just proven to me, like there are teachers and the parents doing amazing things and how can, like, I've been so lucky to be able to have it reach so many people, but there are so many other great science or other teachers out there and how can we help them scale what they're doing? So yeah, that's the plan about what's coming next.
0: Jack, that is fantastic. Wow. Congratulations. 60,000. That's huge. That, that's no small feat, by the way. You uh, know? Great.
1: Yeah. Th- <laughs> thank you. you. I, thank you. I really appreciate it. And, and the biggest obstacle is, is just getting people to find out about it. So that's why I really appreciate like you having me on this podcast and what you're doing with this podcast.
0: Uh, awesome. Thank you for coming on. So as we're wrapping up, what's the call to action? Where can they find you? Where can they go find your resources and connect with you?
1: Yeah. So just, uh, if they go to positivephysics.org, my email address is on the homepage and I'm always happy to, uh, I've, I've had multiple homeschool parents reach out to me and we've set up 15 minute times to talk. And that's actually just, sometimes people feel bad about like, booking some of my time but it's actually really helpful for me cuz I get to understand like their needs but yeah I just encourage people go to if they have any interest in physics or chemistry a physics or chemistry course to go to positivephysics.org to play around shoot me an email schedule time with me I'm always uh, always love hearing from people and yeah that would be the call to action
0: That's awesome. The last question. What is one thing you want to leave parents with? from our conversation today one big takeaway
1: yeah I think the biggest thing is I talk to a lot of parents who have a who have a who, who have students that like with with very different needs so sometimes I talk to talk to parents who ha- have a student who may be really intimidated by math or science and that's really like who I built the site for so I would just say that like you know a lot of times the way that math and science is presented to people can kind of be like excluding and like, but there are better ways to teach it. And so that's really what I'm trying to get out there is that don't, don't be intimidated. Like physics is something, physics and chemistry are are things that, that anybody can do. And then I also speak with people who are on the the opposite side of the spectrum. So I've spoken with some middle school parents who's, Whose students are doing really well in math and science. and They're looking to be challenged and our site takes them all the way to the AP or college level. And you can kind of decide like exactly how far you want to take it. So, yeah, we'd, we'd love to have everyone check out the site. And we really are trying to build something. I, t- I taught in a classroom that has such a wide range of uh, ability levels. We're really trying to build something that no matter what the level like we meet, we meet them at their level
0: that is fantastic. Thanks so much Jack for coming on today just sharing your wisdom, your all the things that you've done, your experience and your your hard work, your hard work and look at what's happening. 60,000 kids are able to start working. And let's just double that, right? 120,000 and even more. So one person tells one person, you're going to have a lot of people just hopping onto positive physics and being able to learn, you know, at any level they're at. So thank you for coming on and just sharing all of your wisdom.
1: Absolutely. Thanks so much for having me, Bex.
0: Definitely.